Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and with me today to preview the Salt Lake City Regional are Josh Brown and Jake Pavorsky. Jake, what's going on? Doing well, Dan. It's good to be back on the podcast after a couple of days off. Appreciate Hakeem Williams jumping in and doing a great job for us, but uh, I'm glad I can talk about these great second weekend matchups we have coming up. And Josh, how are you? Doing good, Dan. Good to be back. Uh, number Pod number five of eight, so uh, ready to go. All right. We're going to roll into the Salt Lake City Regional. For my money, guys, this, I think, has three of the top 10 teams overall in TBT, but we'll talk about who those are in just a second. Um, it's got two of the previous finalists. So in other words, the last two teams that lost to Overseas Elite in both 2018 and 2017, Team Challenge ALS in 2017 and Eberline Drive in 2018. It has another semifinalist from 2018, Team Fredette. It's loaded with talent. It's got a couple of uh, really interesting teams from the Utah area as well, as well as a Drew League mainstay. This is really an interesting regional. This one takes place starting on Thursday, July 25th, beginning with, let's start actually with the uh, the one seed versus the eight seed. This is going to be Eberline Drive, as I mentioned, the 2018 finalist against Overseas Elite, against the eight-seeded Team Utah. Team Utah is now in its fifth year competing in TBT, which is amazing. And Eberline Drive is in its sixth year. Eberline Drive is one of the original teams from TBT, and they've really come a long way since 2014. And we'll talk a little bit about them now. But Josh, your thoughts initially on this matchup of two TBT mainstays? Yeah, it'll be a good matchup, Dan. Um, you know, w- you know, beginning on the Eberline Drive uh, side, they kind of redid the roster a little bit while keeping the, kind of the big three they have in Jerome Randall. Donald Sloan and James Michael McAdoo. Then they added, um, got a little bit younger, added a couple of different pieces. Uh, Kenny, uh, or uh, excuse me, uh, Pape Malik Dime from Washington, Keith Benson from Oakland, uh, a couple other players here and there. But um, I think kind of the the actual real interesting storylines, because we know Everline's going to have a good team. We know that guard core of Randall and Donald Sloan. We know what they can do. I think the real story here is... Um, Team Utah, they've been kind of one of the biggest um, roller coaster kind of TBT teams we've had. I mean, they were a team who, um, you know, at once we, I think, all kind of considered one of the toughest outs in TBT because it always seemed like they just found a way to win tough games and close games and they just pulled it out. And uh, they bring back a big, a good core of that roster. Tim Drisdom has been playing with them for a while. Sean Green, uh, Terrence Drisdom. Um, and then a cold, from the hoop fest region, a big man from Utah Valley, who was a block machine up in Spokane last year. And then can't forget about Dakari Tucker either from, uh, the university of Utah, but, uh, this team, Utah team, um, they've made it to, I believe a regional championship game. They made it to a couple of super 16s last year. They played, like I said, in that hoop fest pod and they got bounced really in game one, but in a really heartbreaking game to few good men, the Gonzaga team. So uh, they're a team who's been historically a very tough out. And then you factor in the returning guys along with Ronnie Price, who brings, uh, I believe, I don't know how many years of NBA experience, but a bunch. Um, He went to Utah Valley University. Uh, It's going to be a tough out. And if history is any indication, um, you know, it should be a two, three, four point game at the end of this. Jake, it seems like every time Team Utah plays in TBT, it's a close game. It seems like every time uh, Everline Drive has played in recent years, it's also been a close game. I think J- Josh sounds like he's right here about a three or four point game one way or the other. For sure. I mean, anytime you got, you know, big shot Tim Drisdom on the court, uh, you're, you're bound for a tight one and you're bound for him to, you know, to make a, 
a, a big time play at the end of a game. So you definitely can't discount this team. Ronnie Price, you know, brings 12 years of NBA experience to this team, a couple years out of the league. But, you know, I, I have very few doubts that he still has a lot of the ball left in him. So a great addition to that team. Colton Manyang from Utah Valley also, you know, looked really good at the at the Hoop Fest last year. So it's going to be a, a tough matchup. An Everline Drive, you know, with a backcourt of, of Donald Sloan and Jerome Randall, you'll be hard-pressed to find a better, you know, tandem than that. You bring back James Michael McAdoo, you mix in Kenny Kaji from Miami, uh, you know, a really athletic, talented um, center who can, you know, block shots, throw down lobs. Um, you know, great addition to that team. And it sounds like Everline is hoping to make one more add to that roster. Uh, could potentially be, you know, a real game changer, not only for that matchup, um, but for potentially for that whole region as well. Uh, so we'll see if they're able to pull that off. But uh, definitely going to be a great game. I'm, I'm going to have Everline pulling this one out, you know, based off of the success they had last year, the new pieces that they're sprinkling into what is already a great core. Uh, but no doubt this is going to be a great way to kick things off. It's really impossible not to not to be impressed by the progression that Everline Drive has made since 2014. For those that aren't familiar, this was the worst team as written up by Sports Illustrated in the 2014 original TBT in Philadelphia. Uh, it was it got to the point, frankly, where like you had guys that Jake Hirsch and himself would tell you he really had to play in that game, otherwise they would have forfeited. They had three uh, friends, basically, from the same cul-de-sac outside uh, Detroit from Fraser, Michigan. They linked up the next year with Matt Mitchell, who had GM'd a team himself from his alma mater, Olivet Nazarene. Uh, to come back in 2015, and they've been steadily progressing ever since. Uh, It took them until 2017 to move their name down the bracket. They did so in Las Vegas. In 2018, they moved their name down the bracket five times and made it to the championship game against Overseas Elite. Uh, Right now on the roster, they don't have a couple of really big pieces, literally and figuratively, from last year's team. Willie Reed being one of them. He has signed up to play with Loyalty is Love, DeMarcus Cousins' team in Lexington, as well as... um, Jeremy Evans. Now, the one thing I will say, Kenny Kaji hasn't played in TBT since that original TBT in 2014, and he seems like a pretty similar player in a lot of respects, Jake, to Jeremy Evans. Is that your impression? They're both left-handed, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think Jeremy Evans is more of a a natural power forward, but I I think they bring that same sort of scoring prowess, and Everline has been looking for ways to load up that front court, continue to bring that that size and athleticism, and also that power um, that you kind of saw displayed from their big men last year. Playing at a really high level overseas has always been one of Europe's premier big men. Uh, so definitely a, a fantastic ad that should definitely help bring, you know, uh, or help replace some of the scoring um, that's left off by losing Jeremy Evans potentially. Um, will come in a bit of a different form, but nevertheless, like will will be uh, a contributor and probably going to be, you know, your starting center for that team uh, going forward. Josh, Jerome Randall was an absolute revelation. First played in TBT in 2017 with the Bradley alumni team. I think because, if I'm not mistaken, his wife is a Bradley alum, or somehow there was a relationship there between he and a couple of the guys from Bradley. Jerome's originally from Chicago. And Jerome Randall obviously is back. They've got Randall, Eldridge, and Sloan in that backcourt, along with uh, Pat Miller. That's a really formidable four right there. Yeah, I mean, Jerome Randall, he played on that Always a Brave team because he's cousins with Cody Bennett. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he played with them, like you mentioned, Dan, when that regional was in Peoria a couple years ago, ended up coming over to Everline Drive. And he's a guy who, if you want a TBT comparison, even though 
they are, they're not the exact same type of player, but just in kind of the persona they are. He's kind of like a Casper Ware type where everyone in the NBA knows who Jerome Randall is. Everyone in the NBA says that Jerome Randall should be in the NBA. Um, I remember uh, Jerome Randall, who he played with the Sydney Kings in the NBL this year. They played against the Clippers in Hawaii in a preseason game. And Patrick Beverly, who grew up with Jerome Randall after the game, said in front of the whole media, you know, Jerome Randall is a guy who should be in the NBA. Um, you know, he ended up scoring over 20 points in that game. He ended up averaging over 20 points in TBT last year. Um, and it, it's not really a surprise for those who have followed him. I mean, he was the leading scorer all time at the University of California, Berkeley. Um so it's not really a surprise that he's a bucket getter in TBT, but if you ju- if you don't know him and you just look at him, he's kind of that Casper Weir undersized uh, point guard, but he just finds a way to get to the hole. Uh, he can shoot. And I think what's most impressive is, I think you see with a lot of um, players in whether it be the NBA or professionally, um, a lot of guards just don't defend anymore. Uh, it, it seems like like defense has kind of been lost among among like backcourts in basketball and uh Jerome Randall is a really kind of vicious defender too like Dan mentioned he brings that kind of Chicago grit and toughness and um that's why he kind of fit in with that always a brave team they were kind of a gritty team but uh he certainly brings it for Everline Drive and an NBA type scorer and I don't think anyone would dispute that Absolutely. And obviously with uh, Team Utah, a formidable opponent, they've done so well in TBT in the past. Brothers Tim and Terrence Drisdom uh, are really something to see. Tim in particular pulls it off every single year and seems to have a clutch shot in every single TBT that he's ever played in. This will be his fifth TBT. Uh, Probably one of the key guys to look out for with Team Utah, obviously, is Dakari Tucker. He played in the G League this year and had a really, I thought, a breakthrough season. I'd be shocked if he's not looking at a pretty good opportunity overseas uh, now, having done what he did in the G League this past year. So obviously that's going to be a great matchup between the one seed and the eight seed. I, I love this whole regional. I think I'm, I'm so excited to go see these first round games. Um, this is on July 25th on Thursday, 3 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN3. That's the number one seed, Everline Drive, versus the number eight seed, Team Utah. All right, guys, their opponent is going to be the winner of the 4-5 matchup between Sons of Westwood the UCLA alumni team now in its second year in TBT and one of the older teams in TBT, a team that dates back to the 1970s, but actually in its first TBT appearance, the LA cheaters, the LA cheaters are a drew league mainstay run organized and originally started by Casper Ware senior Casper Ware juniors dad. Uh, This team really, uh, I should say um, the cheaters rather the cheaters really are a pretty well-known team within at Los Angeles Circles. Casper Ware Sr. is a legend in all regards. If anybody ever has a chance to watch that Drew League documentary that Baron Davis produced, uh, Casper Sr. plays a pretty big role in that. This is really going to be a great matchup, Jake, of L.A.-based teams. You've got the UCLA alumni team, Sons of Westwood, which made a great run last year against a lot of L.A.-based guys, obviously from the Cheaters, uh, including TBT star and really, I think, worldwide basketball star Casper Ware Jr., yeah, I think both these teams have sort of figured out the formula um, that if you're going to be successful in TBT, you got to have strong guard play. You, you know, your backcourt's got to be loaded, and I think both those teams bring that. Uh, you look at the Sons of Westwood, who you know narrowly pulled together this year's team, got in just a couple hours before the deadline, um, but bring a really loaded roster, um, returning a lot of guys from last year that were impact players. Uh, Jordan Adams, who's continuing his comeback to the NBA, was awesome um, with with Sons of Westwood last year. Really kept them in the mix, especially in that game against Challenge ALS in the, in the Sweet 16. And then you have McDonald's All-Americans 
you know, Isaac Hamilton, Malcolm Lee, um, both those guys kind of bring some scoring prowess. And then, you know, new additions as well. The Ware brothers, awesome players, you know, guys that can stretch the floor, play inside. Um, you can go five out with them. You know, so this is a team of shooters, guys that are that are really well um, positioned to, to make a run. And then, you know, Sons of Westwood, like Grant Catani was a, a former grad assistant at, at Temple University, uh, where I also went. We actually were in school together. Uh, so tell, the, the Sons of Westwood roster is always good for one Temple guy. Last year it was Khalif Wyatt. This year it was Shiz, it's Shiz Alston. Shiz is just graduating from Temple, uh, playing in summer league with the Indiana Pacers. Really smooth combo guard. Uh, we'll probably see a lot of time at PG for them, uh, but can really, you know, a real bucket getter, can move the ball around. Uh, so this team is just loaded with offensive weapons. And, you know, you can take a look at the cheaters and, and how those guys match up. I mean, the cheaters are the same thing. Casper Ware has, you know, consistently been one of the best guards in CBT as well as overseas. Uh, you know, was won the NBL championship, one of the premier scorers in the NBL alongside Jerome Randall. And then Marcus Williams is a really interesting add to that team. You talk about, you know, how can you replace Bobby Brown, who jumps from the cheaters to overseas elite? Marcus Williams is a great way to do it. Uh, you know, 200. Actually, hold on. I'm actually hearing that Marcus... I'm actually hearing Jake that Marcus may not be playing. Oh no! Well, that's a game changer if that's the case. Yeah. So it is, I think, and I think that that's going to be a big, a big loss for them. Uh, they've added in a couple of other guys in in lieu of him, but it looks like Marcus may not be on that roster when they show up in Salt Lake City. Well, that'll certainly make things a little bit harder for them. Obviously, some other good guys in that team: Max Montana that went to San Diego State, uh, Corey Allen Jr. who used to play on that that Tampa Bulls team that appeared in TBT a couple of years ago. Uh, former South Florida guard, you know, so they're still, you know, not short of weapons, but nevertheless, I think they become a little bit more one dimensional. Uh, if Casper is kind of your go-to guy and you don't have Marcus complimenting him next to him. Jake, you've got a lot of inside scoop uh, and obviously the connection between you and Grant Catani, but what can you tell us about the Sons of Westwood team? Uh, are there any warning signs with respect to how late they came together to actually qualify for TBT this year? I don't think there's any warning signs there. From what I've heard, those guys are excited. They're ready to go. Um, they're going to be having a training camp uh, at UCLA. Uh, new head coach Mick Cronin has really uh, welcomed those guys with open arms, which is fantastic to see. Sometimes, you know, things get a little bit lost in the shuffle as a new coach is kind of adjusting from one program to another. Um, but he's been very invested in, in seeing this team through uh, and, and, you know, trying to set them up for successful TBT 2019. The real question is um, – the Sons of Westwood, obviously, will, were, they will not have the Ware Twins um, for the Friday and Saturday games. The Ware Twins have a, a conflict um, back in the L.A. area. Um, but they're planning to be there for Sunday, provided the Sons of Westwood can get there. The key question is, can they? Well, you mean uh, Thursday? Excuse me. Yeah. Thursday, Friday. My so apologies. they would be there for round three? Yep. I, I forget the uh, the schedule in, in Salt Lake City okay. is a little bit different. Um, so, yes, the Thursday and Friday, they would not be there. Uh, they'll be there for the Saturday game, potentially. Uh, I know the Sons of Westwood are working hard on a couple last-minute uh, roster ads, um, some that are UCLA, some that are not. Uh, nevertheless, I, I think that team is is really well put together, um, you know, with the Ware Twins or without them. Uh, and if they can make it to that Saturday regional championship game and get those guys in there, uh, not only do I think that makes them the favorite to, you know, win that regional championship game, uh, but I think that that kind of vaults them off the power rankings to win TBT as a whole. Well, that's definitely a tough task without those two guys, uh, the Ware Twins, helping them out. But Josh, your thoughts on this matchup between the four-seed Sons of Westwood and the five-seed L.A. Cheaters? Yeah, I thought Jake had a really good rundown there. Uh, I, I don't have much to add except, um, uh, you know, all kind of eyes on the L.A. Cheaters will be on Casper, where Irvin Ware was actually a, a truly kind of legend in himself. Obviously, that whole family is. But uh, it's actually growing up 
Um, everyone's kind of used to Casper being a ball dominant point guard. Uh, it was actually Irvin who, whenever they played on the same teams together, would be the point guard. Casper played the two when it was the, the two of them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that kind of childhood um, uh, tradition, I guess, kind of carries on. And if Casper is going to play more off ball when him and Irvin are in the game together, or if Casper will be the one to bring the ball up. Um, but I thought Jake gave a great rundown. Uh, I agree with him. I think uh, Sons of Westwood ends up getting the win, but when you have such a dynamic guard like Casper and Irvin too, for that matter, um, they certainly can take over a game and score, you know, 30 points a piece. So, um, I'm going to go with Sons of Westwood, but like we've said on all of these podcasts, uh, going to be just another great game. It's going to be a tough one because I think without the Ware Twins, uh, Sons of Westwood has some work to do. But we'll see. I think that's going to be a great matchup. That's the 4-5. Again, that game is on Thursday, July 25th at 4.50 p.m. Mountain Time, 6.50 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN3. All right, guys, the three-seed Team Fredette plays the six-seed City Team Blazers. City Team Blazers are another Drew League mainstay run by Greg Maletta. Uh, City Team Blazers is now in its second year competing in TBT. Team Fredette is in its third Team Fredette was a semifinalist last year. Uh, really, I thought, played exceptionally well. Not just Jimmer's uh, play in the event, but also many, many other players that they have, particularly Jordan Crawford. Jimmer Fredette will not be suiting up for this team this year for a variety of reasons. However, they have picked up some really, really high-level uh, replacements for him. Rob Gray being one, two Holloway, two Holloway from Xavier being another. This is a team that uh, has really come together through the efforts combined of Dan Britton, uh, co-GM, TJ Fredette, co-GM, Jimmer's brother, as well as Jimmer himself doing a lot of personal recruiting. One thing that's been really interesting is that they've, uh, they're have they a team that, especially last year and now this year, has gone out and found a very high-level head coach with a ton of experience to coach this team. Uh, this year, they have Dave Rose, the former coach at BYU who just stepped down, is actually going to coach Team Fredette there in Salt Lake City. Josh, your thoughts on this matchup between uh, the three-seeded Team Fredette and the six-seeded city team Blazers. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, on the Fredette side, um, it, it really interesting how they've kind of retooled the roster. A uh, lot of turnover from a year ago. But, I mean, if you just run up and down and see where these guys uh, have come from, you have Josh Adams from Wyoming. You have Sean Finn from Dayton. Uh, you have Rob Gray from Houston. There were some rumblings that maybe there'd be a Houston team that Rob would put together. Instead, he ends up joining with Team Fredette. Uh, I thought the biggest addition was actually a guy from back home, though, Tyler Hawes, who will play with that team. He was a three-time uh, first-team All-WCC selection, WCC Player of the Year in 2014, BYU legend. And, um, I, you know, you kind of... He's obviously a great player on the court, but you're kind of happy for those fans, too. If they can't get Jimmer, um, there's not many other names that you could ask for better than Tyler Hawes. He's kind of a legend in that Salt Lake area. Uh, and then they return a couple of the guys like Jeff Ledbetter. He had a great year in the G League this year. He can shoot the ball. Rashad James was kind of a, a bulldog kind of point guard for them. And then two Holloway too, who um, he's over the years had a ton of interest from a variety of teams. He comes out of Xavier, uh, played for Armored Athlete. I know uh, a couple other teams were really like going after him for a couple of years. So he ends up on Team Fredette. So uh, it'll be interesting. It's a different team without Jimmer. Um, but again, it's a good team. They have a lot of talent. It just can they end up kind of putting it all together? Because I don't think many of these guys have played together uh, ahead of 
you know, what they're going to do in a couple of weeks. And then um, the city team Blazers on the other side, Jordan Hamilton was a big addition um, for them. It's kind of funny how the LA basketball circle works. Cause I know Jordan has played in the drew league with the LA cheaters, but now he's going to play with the city team Blazers and people have kind of, um, they kind of just uh, go from team to team up there. And obviously city team kind of, uh, kind of lucked out getting Jordan to, to play for them um, to go along with Kyle Gibson, who's been a TBT baller, Jerome Dyson from UConn, et cetera. So um, again, a good game. I think team Fredette ends up pulling away. They're a super deep team. Uh, they have no shortage of combinations. They can go to on the bench. They have a bunch of guys um, on this roster. So I'm going to say uh, team Fredette gets the job done at home. Um, Jake city team Blazers is loaded with, with talent. I mean, this is not, your typical six seed, I think that we might see in some other regions. And I think by and large, the gap between one and eight in Salt Lake is among the most narrow that we have in all of TBT, but a great matchup here between three and six. Yeah. City team Blazers, you know, is really consistent LA team and has always brought a lot of talent. I think the issue has always been having a couple of those guys show up. Um, but you look at some of the new ads to that team this year, Jeff Adrian, you know, from UConn, uh, you know, played in the NBA for a couple of years is now, you know, carving out a solid lane for himself overseas uh, an athletic wing, well-built, you know, going to be a tough cover uh, for anyone on Team for Dent. You mix in Jerome Dyson, who's played in TBT in the past, uh, I believe with the other city team, with the city team, you know, based out of Boston, um, a really good addition. And you bring over Jordan Hamilton, who I think was one of the most, you know, highly recruited guys after what he did with Challenge ALS last year. Uh, I believe he was the team's leading scorer, kind of carried them down the stretch uh, through the LA games and into Atlanta. Uh, you know, a big ad for them. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the LA basketball circuit, um, not only does he play, did he play for the Cheaters, but his brother, Isaac, playing for Sons of Westwood, they recruited him hard um, and lost out to City Team. So it goes to show you, you know, what they think they're building over there and how good that team could be. Malcolm Thomas also has some NBA experience. Uh, you bring over Bruce Massey, uh, former point guard from Middle Tennessee State who ran the MTSU alumni team a couple years ago. Really talented team. You know, a lot of good guys. Obviously, there's some chemistry there. They do. They all from the L.A. area. If those guys show up, it'll be a good matchup. Um, and you look across the board, you know, City Team has about, you know, eight or nine guys. Uh, team Fredette, you know, has basically hit the roster max of about 15. Uh, and you have some returning players, obviously Rashad James, uh, Jordan Crawford, you know, two big components to that team, as well as Jeff Ledbetter, um, you know, playing summer league again with the San Antonio Spurs and shooting the lights out. You know what those guys can do in, in terms of uh, being instant offense. And you sprinkle in, you know, some really interesting new pieces to that team, like two Holloway, uh, Darrington Hobson. Uh, as well as Rob Gray, as we, we kind of mentioned. Um, but, the, you know, the issue always is, is there sometimes is, is a thing as having too many guys on the roster. Um, and I, I think that could be the case with Team for Dead. So something to keep an eye on is how do you keep 15 guys happy? How do you find the right lineups, the right matchups? Uh, you know, cycling those guys in, getting them the, the rhythm. Um, it's, it's difficult and it's not easy when you have a roster that big. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. I, I give well, Team for Dead the nod on, on talent alone. Uh, but it, it's definitely going to be a good matchup and one that, you know, could definitely come down to, uh, to that final shot. Definitely. This is now the, uh, eight 30 PM game in mountain time, the three seated team for that versus the six seated city team blazers. Again, eight 30 mountain time, 10 30 Eastern live on ESPN three. All right, guys, the last game we're going to preview from the Salt Lake Regional is the number two seed Team Challenge ALS, a finalist in 2017, lost to overseas elite in the championship game on a close one against the seven-seeded Utah Stallions. 
Utah Stallions are a two-time TBT participant, but there's been a two-year gap since they last played. Team Challenge ALS is now in their third year competing in TBT, organized by Sean Marshall, who was a college roommate of Boston College baseball player Pete Frades, who uh, has been stricken by ALS. Pete was one of the uh, founders, I guess is what you would call it, of the Ice Bucket Challenge a few summers ago. Uh, Team Challenge ALS has taken up that mantle. One of the coolest things that I think Team Challenge ALS does is that they wear the names of ALS patients on their backs instead of their own names. And I think that's a really cool tribute that they make uh, to those patients every year. Utah Stallions are organized by Sean Harris. Sean's a Utah State guy. He's got a couple of other, several other actually, Utah State guys on this team. Uh, They're a team that plays really, really well. The one game that they played in TBT back in 2016, I believe, they lost to Team Utah which was a really tough matchup, and I think partly due to the fact that these teams actually play each other, these guys play each other all the time uh, locally in Salt Lake City. Uh, Team, uh, sorry, Utah Stallions picked up Brandon Sly, who was a a really energetic sort of spark plug of a point guard from Team Utah last year. Also shifting over from Team Utah to Utah Stallions this year is small forward Danny Berger. Um, guys, let's talk through this. Uh, it seems like a really interesting matchup to me. Team Challenge ALS, for my money, is one of the best teams in TBT uh, overall. So we'll see how that uh, this game ends up shaking out. But Jake, your thoughts on this matchup between the two-seed Challenge ALS and the seven-seed Utah Stallions? Yeah, when you're going through and doing your bracket and you take a look at this Team Challenge ALS squad, it, it's hard to not think that they're one of the two or three teams in a short list that could win the whole thing, let alone this matchup. Uh, you know, Sean Marshall, you know, after what you would consider a down year for that team based off their previous success, um, you know, kind of took a step back and, and saw that, you know, they really needed to load up on that backcourt. We keep talking about guard play, you know, overseas elite that set the model. You need guys that can score the ball. They've got guys that can score the ball. Marquez Haynes, DJ Strawberry, uh, D. Boss, three of the, the more premier guards uh, in all of Europe. Uh, so the fact that he could bring them all under one team uh, is incredible. You bring over Julian Gamble from Armored Athlete. Um, Austin Day returns after breaking his jaw last summer and missing TBT 2018. Uh, I think Marvell Harris is one of the more underrated guys in all of TBT. Um, strong, you know, physical guard. Uh, I think he scored 30 in, at one point last year in, in uh, TBT, I believe, in the game in Atlanta. So he's been a guy that can kind of put the team on his back and carry them through tough stretches. Uh, you know, a guy who can play multiple positions, guard multiple positions. Uh, so they bring together a really talented team. And I like this Utah Stallions squad. Uh, you know, obviously they'll have, you know, a bit of a home court advantage having some fans behind them. Uh, you bring in, a, you know, a really talented guy like Spencer Butterfield, you know, one of the better players to come out of Utah State um, in previous years, uh, was playing really well in, in Italy and actually took the year off to, you know, pursue a, a career in real estate, uh, which I thought is interesting. So it could be an opportunity for him to come back out, let people know uh, what he's got going on. Tyler Rawson, who played at Utah, was with Barcelona's B team. So there's definitely some talent on that squad, but uh, you just look up and down that Challenge ALS roster. You know they've got their eyes set on that two million. You don't want to overlook a Utah Stallions team, of course. You know you do that in TBT, and you know you end up getting punished. But uh, you know one through nine on this roster, an unbelievable group, and one that I think will will challenge heavily for the two million. Josh, it seems to me that Team Challenge ALS has three of the best new players, new TBT players on this roster. Marquez, well, I think Marquez Hayes might have played before. But certainly D-Bost and DJ Strawberry are additions that uh, very few other teams can match. Yeah, Marquez Haynes actually played on the original Skinner Freight Train team before they became uh, Team Challenge ALS. And they lost in the first round, but I believe Marquez scored like 30. He was like the leading scorer, if I remember correctly. Um, But yeah, you're exactly right, Dan. I mean, D-Bost has, I believe he was 
originally slated to play for this team and then ended up couldn't showing up. And then uh, DJ Strawberry, who's the son of obviously Daryl Strawberry, who was eight time MLB All-Star or Hall of Famer. Um, DJ's played over in Europe, EuroLeague for a long time. Now one of the best scorers out there. Um, But I think Jake made a real good point about Marvell Harris. And I think it's kind of a testament too of what Dan, we were talking about on the podcast with Hakeem about how, you know, even if you didn't go to a, a high D1 school, how now, even if, if you guys are more on kind of a level playing field, like the school you went to doesn't matter as much now because all guys have all had the same experience playing um, overseas against elite competition there. And I think Marvell's a really good kind of example of that. Like Jake said, he had 30 in a game last year. He's always been one of the best players on this Team Challenge ALS team. Um, you know, Mountain West Player of the Year at college um, in his senior year. Uh, he was, I believe he's the leading scorer in Fresno state history. Yeah, he is. So, um, really good resume on him. And, uh, it really gives them not only kind of the three guards they bring in, but really a fourth elite guard too. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat that backcourt. Um, Dan, you know, we keep it real on the TBT podcast. Um, every game I think I've said is going to be a good game because I believe that I I don't think this will be a very competitive game. I think team challenge ALS runs Utah stallions out of the building, Utah stallions. They have a good team. They just don't have a lot of scoring. Um, you know, Jake mentioned Spencer Butterfield, who is absolutely a very good shooter. He owns the record for the most three-point field goals in a Europe Cup game. Uh, he hit 11 in a game a couple of years ago. And they also have Preston Medlin, who had a very good career at Utah State, averaged at least 15 points a game his uh, sophomore and junior season. It was only a hair below that his senior season. But if you look at the rest of the roster, it's more... Um, kind of defensive minded guys, not a lot of scoring on that team. And who knows, maybe they end up being one of the better defensive teams we've ever seen in TBT, but with all the talent that team challenge ALS ha- uh, has on that roster, I think they end up winning by double digits uh, and it could be a lot. One thing I'll say about Utah Stallions is that in talking to Sean Harris, these guys are as a unit, as an entire unit are getting together for weeks. <laughs> and so that can play a really positive role in terms of the familiarity, because oftentimes it is difficult to get these guys from all across the country and all across the world together and on the same page uh, just in a couple of days or even sometimes hours before a game takes place. The one thing that I thought really differentiated Challenge ALS in 2017 from almost every other team was the energy level that they played with. You know, it was pretty clear that um, Sean was on, uh, you know, just a different level in terms of his own energy that year. Casper Ware, everybody fed off of him, and obviously uh, Marvell Harris was the same thing. If they can match that energy level this year, if they can get DJ Strawberry and D Bost on that same um, enthusiasm level about not just the game that they're going to be playing, but the cause that they're playing for, uh, I think Challenge ALS is really a team to look out for uh, in TBT this year. All right, guys, let's put you on the spot. Josh, you're going to be up first. Who is your prediction as to who is going to make it through the Salt Lake City region? The team we just talked about, Dan, Team Challenge ALS. Um, I think Jake said, I mean, they're on a short list of teams who, um, it's really a big list of teams who could win TBT, but also a short list. But I'm going to go with Team Challenge ALS. They're a contender to win the whole thing. Jake. Yeah, I'm with Josh here on Challenge ALS. Without Jimmer uh, in the fold for Team for Dad, still a great team, but obviously, you know, Jimmer really takes them over the top. I would have picked Sons of Westwood if, I, if the Ware Twins I knew would be there for that first game on Thursday. Uh, if they can make it through, you know, and be there on Saturday, I think that's a game changer for sure. 
but just as how things are constructed right now and the path that the teams will have to get through uh, just to make it to that Saturday game, I got to go with Challenge ALS. Guys, I think this is actually one of the few unanimous ones we're going to have in terms of predictions. I think this is a loaded roster for Challenge ALS. Uh, I think they're going to have a really, really tough time with Eberline Drive. I think particularly uh, with that matchup again with Jerome Randall, who really torched them last year. But this is going to be a great game, a great matchup. I'm really excited about seeing this game. These game, these teams compete in person. Again, this uh, Salt, Salt Lake Regional starts up on Thursday, July 25th out there in Salt Lake at the Maverick Center. If you don't have tickets yet, definitely get them. All these games are going to be live-streamed on ESPN3, so when you're up late on Thursday night looking for something on the live stream, this is exactly what you ought to be watching. Josh and Jake, thanks so much. We'll be back to preview the next regional, which is going to be which one, Josh? We are going to do the Wichita Regional. All right, next episode of the TBT Podcast will be the Wichita Regional. Guys, thanks again for your time, and we'll be back soon. (laughs) 